This talk is offered by Ordinary Minds Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Andrew is an Australian Dharma heir of Barry Majid and is dedicated to extending Barry's vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. The, the question sometimes arises in, in our practice uh, as to what, what, is, what, what does it mean to identify as a Buddhist or does one have to identify as a Buddhist at all in our practice? Um, so the first problem with that question is that, as I have mentioned before, there's a diversity of Buddhisms and uh, as there is a diversity of spiritualities, there's a diversity of meditation teachers um, and in this day and age with the internet there's such a wide smorgasbord of offerings out there. and. Uh, But primarily, uh, my response and my general kind of attitude or feeling to this question is that I think, like any kind of relationship, it's important to eventually make a commitment. And uh, it's a commitment to a teaching and a commitment to a teacher. Now, in Buddhism, particularly in my school of Zen Buddhism, every teacher is, is at the same time a student. So, we are all students of the Buddha way, or the awakened way. And in that sense, um, I think it's quite fine to say that no one person ever totally masters the way. Um, in the sense, we remain students for the rest of our lives and uh, deepening our understanding, deepening our practice. Um, so that's the first point. Um, there is a teaching and, um, and we need to identify that teaching. Uh, so in Buddhism the teaching is called Dharma, just another word for teaching. Um, we could say we're students of the Dharma. And um, so in that sense, um, you know, I'm not teaching what Andrew Tutel believes. I'm not teaching Tutelism. I'm teaching in a particular tradition. Uh, and uh, my teaching of that tradition is influenced by my teacher. And his teaching of the tradition was influenced by his teacher. And so on down the line. This is how the teaching gets passed on in Buddhism from one person to another person intergenerationally down the line. And as it moves through history and as it moves into different cultural cultures, it changes. But many people try and extract what is, if you were to summarize, 
are there any common elements, any common principles in Buddhisms that every Buddhism kind of like you can identify? And um, so there are some basic teachings in Buddhism. Many of you would be aware of the four noble truths that life is suffering, that there is a, uh, a cause of the suffering, there is a path to the ending of the suffering, and there is the path. Um, another summary of Buddhist teachings, which is found in particular in Japanese and Buddhism, is called the Four Seals, or Four Dharma Seals. Seal being like a, uh, a stamp, uh, when you see um, Japanese calligraphy, you'll see the stamp of the artist on the, on the, on the painting, on the canvas. That's like a seal. And uh, these four seals are sometimes referred to as the four marks of existence. And uh, you'll find these in most Buddhisms. Um, so the first principle uh, is that life inevitably involves suffering. It's the first principle. The second principle is that everything is impermanent. The third principle is nothing has an independent existence. Everything is dependently arising. In other words, there is nothing has an existence separate from some other thing. And the final principle is nirvana, is peace, or perfection. And nirvana is also a part of life. Now, in the what's referred to as Mahayana Buddhism, which is the Buddhism that came uh, after Buddhism came from in, in, the, in, the, in, in uh, Sri Lanka and Burma, in Thailand, that's often referred to as Hinayana Buddhism. And Mahayana Buddhism is what spread from those countries through China, Tibet, etc., and finally to the West. So in the Mahayana Buddhism, those, the second and the third principle, everything is impermanent and nothing has a separate existence, is often referred to by the term emptiness. That's what emptiness means. So the teaching basically is that we can live our lives in one of two ways. We can either live our life in the world of samsara, which is the first seal, which is life is suffering. And, uh, or, alternatively, we can live our life in nirvana, which is the fourth seal. Whether we live within samsara or nirvana depends upon what's called in Buddhism awakening, um, sometimes it's called enlightenment, but uh, I prefer the term awakening, but enlightenment's fine too. But awakening to the reality of impermanence, the reality of everything is dependently arising, or there's nothing separate that exists. So the awakening to the reality of impermanence, interdependence, and the perfection of everything. And this process of awakening is a process. It's, it's, um, sometimes we might have momentary insights into this, which can be very illuminating and helpful, but it's a day-to-day -day process of awakening to the reality of impermanence and 
interdependence. This is something that's easy to grasp intellectually, but not so easy to grasp experientially. The, um, uh, when we, uh, uh, we in, in, in the ordinary mind Zen school that I belong to, we chant what are called the four practice principles. And the first two principles that we chant are caught in a self-centered dream and holding to self-centered thoughts. That self-centered dream is referring to how we invariably get uh, uh, the, the, the delusion or the illusion of a permanent self uh, or a fixed self or something which is uh, uh, that we want to hang on to or cling to. Uh, it's very, very difficult to uproot that basic fundamental delusion. And this suffering that Buddhism talks about is primarily about that. Um, so even when we are living in Nirvana peacefully, as the as you know the historical Buddha did, uh, you, you still experience the normal pain of everyday life. The pain in your knees doesn't necessarily go away just because you're living in Nirvana. Um, um, uh, the pain of attachment doesn't necessarily go away just because you're living in Nirvana. If you love someone, you will you will cry and you will be grieving when you lose them. What goes away is the, the, the suffering which arises from the clinging to the sense in which everything's permanent. We want things to be permanent, including ourself. Um, and the, the, the degree to which we awaken to that is, rather than resisting impermanence, we recognize and we accept impermanence, and we recognize and we accept interdependence. The notion of interdependence is very, very radical, and it really needs time to, really takes time to really deepen our understanding. Just contemplating these two, the second and the third principle is really important. And we can contemplate those as we're meditating, but you can also just contemplate those as a form of uh, contemplation. Uh, a kind of meditative reading or a meditative contemplation on the reality of impermanence and interdependence. So everything like the, uh, the, the self that we have, the identity that we have, always is arising because of conditions and circumstances, always dependent on, on some other condition. So when we depend, the self's dependent on being, being born, it's dependent on being, having a parent that looks after us, um, it's dependent upon the culture that we're brought up in. And uh, in a sense, uh, when you really take this to its full conclusion, um, every, every being is interdependent on, on the planet. And that is, in that sense, we're all responsible for what's happening on the planet. It's, it's from a Buddhist point of view, it doesn't make any sense to identify that person and blame that person over here. So we might want to blame Trump. But it's not, from a Buddhist point of view, that's not the point. The point is that we, were, we are all responsible for all beings, because we're all interdependent in that sense. We're all one in that sense, in that sense of interdependency, even though we maintain our separate identities and, and difference. And um, that's why in the Mahayana Buddhist tradition it talks about the Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva ideal, 
is about the fact that we make a commitment to awakening all beings because it makes no sense. There's no such thing as a separate being, a separate individual that's going to awaken. The whole planet has to awaken or nobody awakens. That's the Bodhisattva ideal. And uh, to the extent to which we have violence in the world, that's the extent to which we're asleep and we're not awakening to the reality of impermanence and interdependence. The ethics in Buddhism comes from the realization of interdependence. Hence in Buddhism there's no us and them. Uh, and uh, so it's a, it's a very radical teaching in that way. And another reason for sort of clarifying and, and, and understanding the teaching we're meant to be living is that um, there are many other teachings out there. Um, Buddhism is not the only teaching of how to live one's life. Um, but often, um, um, in, uh, you know, as we grow up in, in, in the West, uh, particularly in this day and age, it's often unclear as to uh, uh, you know, who's going, who's going to teach us how to live our life? Who, who teaches us how to live a good life? Our parents? Possibly. Our schools? Probably not. Um, so in, in some ways, in, uh, in this postmodern age, where it's very difficult to uh, find a sense of a, of a path. I remember once reading, when I was very young, to the high school, uh, in those days, uh, there was some, a popular text called the the, the Carlos Castaneda books, and one of the characters in there says, find a path with our heart. And that, that's a nice kind of metaphor, finding a path with a heart, finding a path of teaching that helps us to live our lives. Because there are many human beings that have gone before us, and uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. But from a Buddhist point of view, um, we do, when the choices we make, do sow the seeds of our future. Uh, and uh, so in a sense um, when we find that path that helps us to also uh, cultivate the kind of person the kind of self we want to be in the future as well so that's another reason why it's important to, to uh, establish uh, exactly uh, a teaching that fits for you um, see often you might come across in your spiritual studies what's referred to as the perennial philosophy. Um, and uh, in some ways, um, uh, that can be found in what's called the other non-dual teachings, such as Avaita Vedanta. But Buddhism, my understanding now of Buddhism is that it's quite different to that. The, the, what, what separates Buddhism out from other teachings is its emphasis on impermanence and interdependence. You'll find that Avaita teaches a sense of permanence, which comes back to a kind of underlying reality or substrate called consciousness, which is equivalent to Brahman in Hinduism, which becomes very much a theistic kind of teaching, very much similar to God in Christianity. Now, I'm not saying one should not believe in a theism or God or a permanent sense of consciousness. I'm just saying that that's not from my understanding, 
That's not what Buddhism teaches. So there is a distinction, a difference in the teachings. Um, the other um, thing about Buddhism, especially Zen Buddhism, but you'll find it in Tibetan Buddhism too, is um, a relationship between a teacher and a student too. Um, now, as a, you know, the teacher in Buddhism is not perfect. Uh, a teacher is also a student. Um, but it's just like a, if you were wanting to learn guitar and you wanted to develop your guitar style, well, you might try and learn it on your own, or you might go to a, a guitar teacher. And, uh, and hopefully the, gu- 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 the guitar teacher will pass on as much as he or she knows to the student. And every, every good teacher hopes the student will one day surpass the teacher. And uh, every Buddhist teacher hopes the students will eventually surpass the understanding and practice of the teacher. Um, so the teacher is still on the way, still on the path. It's just, it teaches a student, but it's just been, it's like a senior student in a way. Um, 